episode 89, This Is The Way. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The Games We Play with Brian and Chris. And welcome back to The Games We Play, a podcast about board games, tabletops, RPGs, miniatures, but always about the games we play. I'm your host, Brian, and co-founder of The Games We Play, and with me this week is my lovely wife, Emily. I'm Emily. Emily, welcome back to the podcast, and thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, this is not our normal segments or normal format, if you will. Right now, during pandemic, we're kind of doing things a little differently. We just really talk about the games we played this last couple weeks. We like to talk to them in in brief detail, our thoughts on them, and maybe give suggestions if you uh, should try it, maybe check it out, buy it, what whatnot. And so that's kind of what we do. We just yeah, we just talk about games and what's been going on. That's about it. Nothing too uh, too extravagant. Uh, eventually, we will get back to our normal format where we have smaller segments and we have like formal reviews and some silly stuff, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, eventually, we'll have a little more time and the pandemic will be done. But for the meantime, that's what we're doing. Well, thank you for joining us this week. Let's go ahead and get into it, Emily. So we played a bunch of games this last week, and uh, why don't you just start off with Start talking about some games. Yeah. So I, so far this year, I've played 12 games. So continuing on my goal. I've also played 12, by the way. Oh, we met. Oh, that's so sweet. Magic Green Squared. Anyway, you going to talk about this game or? <laughs> yeah. So we played one of my, one of the games from my topish list, if you will. It's official um, term. Look it up. Which it's in the one of my goal, if you don't remember, one of my goals for the year is to play one of my favorite games every month and I made a list of 12 games that at the top of my list so they're my topish games so this month Brian just randomly picked a number and number eight on my list is viticulture they're not in a certain order it's just how I listed them so we ended up playing viticulture which we have talked about this before on the podcast it is a stonemeyer game that is a worker placement and you are a winemaker in Italy I believe. I think so. I think it is. So you play the game as a winemaker. You plant your grapes, harvest your grapes, smash your grapes, make wine. (laughs) Smash them. Smash them. You know, grape stomping. (laughs) Normal grape. uh, As you do. (laughs) And then after you make all of your wines, you sell them and you fill orders. And that's how you get victory points and, and lira. And that's how you move through the game. First uh, 25 victory points wins the game. Yeah. So Brian beat me. Yes, I did. I think I've beaten you the maybe the last two times we played this game. I think this is the first time I've actually won at this game. Yeah. So congratulations. You finally did it. <laughs> wow. We actually played with the Tuscany expansion, which honestly, after playing the Tuscany now a couple times, I almost think that the Tuscany is a must have for this game. Oh, yeah. For sure. I wouldn't play it without it now. I, I like what Tuscany adds with some of... And they're minor. I, I really do think it's they're minor adjustments, but it really does add a lot more flexibility to the game. With, like any other work replacements, you can get blocked out of places. Um, And even with a two-player game, it's a little hard because there's bonuses on certain spots that you can go on uh, for your actions. Well, on the normal game, on a two-player game, you don't get any bonuses. However, with the expansion board, 
it does have bonuses on that first spot, which is the only spot you play in a two-player game. So there's actually a little more incentive to go to certain spots on a two-player game, and it feels it feels better. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have your grande worker, which allows you to take a spot that somebody already else has to take the action. Um, so and then on top of having the bonuses, it does feel a lot better. And then they add those structure cards. So there's a little sideboard that gets added onto yeah. your vineyard. And the structures you can build are come from this orange deck that's new. And they allow you a place that you can place your workers to get a bonus. And they're pretty good, like really good. And they give you victory points on top of it. Uh, that's actually how I end up essentially sealing my fate. But I really like that <laughs> flexibility. Just put that in there. I just like the flexibility it gives you. And you can actually build a little more of an engine. So if you really want to go down one route of uh, of planting and, and doing your wine stuff, I mean, and then you really do have to do your wine to win the game. That's where you're going to get majority of your victory points. But you can still get victory points doing some of your other actions with those structures. And I really like that. And And some of them allow you to fill more wine cards or harvest more grapes, which gives you additional abilities. So if Emily beats me to the winemaking and I already used my grande worker, well, I have the structure already built that allows me to make more wine. Or maybe I beat Emily to it, but I really want to make another wine card or fill another wine card. I could do that. And so it adds a lot more flexibility, gets you less stuck because of the competitiveness with the structure or the the worker placement. And I really like that. Yeah. And I think my favorite part about it, though, are those extra new workers. So randomly, there's these extra workers that have, they're like shaded or painted on the front a little bit that designate which one's which. I think they're called farmers, whatever. Yeah, don't, specialty workers actually yes. is what they are. And so there's a whole deck of specialty workers and you you randomly get to at the beginning of the game. And these allow you to also kind of bend the rules. So one of the ones we had last night that I used a lot is if you put the specialty worker on that spot, you get to take the action twice as long as there's not a bonus in that spot. And so I think I use it to make uh, fill, fulfill wine cards, which normally you can only do one for the action, but I was able to do two, which kind of pushed me ahead to, to win the game. So all in all, I really like the Tuscany. It's almost a must play. I don't think I'd want to play the base game without right. the Tuscany expansion. Just and- the, the special turn order, the map that you can put, you put your influence and get bonuses. Like that's all really cool. We also use the cards, uh, visitors from Rhine Valley. So I feel like those are better as well. Oh, they're way more supercharged. Um, I think in the base game, those visitor cards are a little too niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you. Have to make sure you get the right card. <laughs> and sometimes it's, more, it's too much work just to try to fulfill where that card would be helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's a little random. Or you just randomly draw and like, hey, this applies to my situation. Uh, with the v- new visitor cards from that mini expansion that I got, Emily, all the cards are really good. Yeah. Some of them still you obviously have to be in the right situation. But... But there's also a lot more ways to get those cards. There are with the new wake up track and mm-hmm. moving through the seasons. And the map with the stars. And the one of the seasons actually has actions opposed to the base game doesn't. So now you're actually doing something on all four seasons. The turn order and how you r- go to the next. I just like how it kind of did that. It almost changed the base game a little bit and it made it right. a little more even. And I don't know. I just really, really like Which it. Which I think is why they made the Tuscany expansion to kind of fix yep. those broken places in the base game. Yep. And just so many more options and mm-hmm. they spread out everything. It, it just, you feel less stuck. It actually, when you play with Tuscany, it feels like you have 
more options and you have to narrow it down opposed to in the base game you feel stuck and you only have a couple options to do. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. It feels better to have more options that you have to narrow down than being stuck only having to do one or two options, being forced to, if you will. Playing it, I had a lot more fun than I did last time. I think this one's growing on me more and more as we play this. Ooh, so we can play it more? Yes, we can play it more. (laughs) I highly suggest this game. It is a little pricey. But the component quality, the artwork, everything you get with it is really top notch. I mean, that's Stonemaier yes. for you. And and the theme is just really good. It makes yeah. sense. The actions you take. It does. Directly relate to making your wine mm-hmm. and selling your wine. Yeah. I mean, most most worker placement games are kind of um, themed around fighting or Vikings or something like yeah. that. And, oh, okay, I put a worker on the mine, I get ore. Well, this one's all around winemaking. Hey, I can plant cards. I can go make wine. I can age my grapes. Th- those actions kind of make sense on their on their own, not this fantasy realm, if yeah. you will. Yeah, I really like this. plays really well with two players. It plays really well higher player counts. Games can go a little long. with yes, higher. But I think it, it only took it's us... It's getting an, better. I think it only took us it. an hour, hour 15. Mm-hmm. And that was refreshing our rules. It, it took us right. a little bit to... Remember the rules. We can stop talking about it. But. All right. We'll put on our 10 by 10. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I don't know if I want to play 10 times this year. It's not too bad. It's only once a month, really. Less than. Right. We've already done. We got one down. Highly, I highly rate this one on my list. It's probably a top. Wow. That's awesome. Well, I mean, it's just really good game. Good yeah. quality, good components, good, cool theme that sticks really with the theme. Mm-hmm. I, re- I just, it all kind of comes together really well. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, we could. I'm so glad you came to the dark side. Oh, brother. I wouldn't <laughs> say dark side. <laughs> it's not the, to the light side? <laughs> to the good side? Uh, to the wine side? middle? <laughs> I'm still not a wine drinker, so. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about all. that before we move on? No. Okay. Well, that was Viticulture with the Tuscany Essential Edition. I don't let that fool you. They're all the Essential Edition now. Like he upped the rules. I don't even know the history. I don't even think you can get the non-essential version anymore. But uh, check it out. It is like I said, it's a little price, but you can find it on sale from time to time. So just keep your eyes out for it. I was just gonna say, I think originally some of them were like split into mini expansions and then they just combined them all into Tuscany. Yeah, I think you're right. There was a lot of component there was like a lot of modules and he put them all together and yeah. to the Tuscany is how I understand it. Yeah. So a game I played or next on the list is Tiny Towns. This was a game I played with Corey. He just recently got this and this is by AEG, I believe. It just came out in 2019, so it's a fairly newer game and I think he even got a I think it even like won the Origins Award for 2020. It was recommended for like Spiel des Jahres and Mensa and a bunch of rewards. So this was a highly kind of a game. big deal. Kind of a big deal. And I've I've seen this all over, and I've seen this a lot, and a lot of people talk about this game. And so finally got a chance to play it. So I'm really glad I did. So this game, I guess how I would call this is is it's kind of like a it's a puzzly building game I, I i it's hard to explain so let me kind of explain how the game plays each each character gets each character each player gets a board that has a four by four grid and this is supposed to be like your kingdom if you will and in the game there's uh several types of buildings i want to say there's seven seven different building types and of the each building types there's a deck of cards that comes with it i think there's like 10 or 15 cards and 
you shuffle those in. So every one of the building types might get a different card each time uh, other than the cottage. I guess I'm getting way too much detail. But the idea is it's randomized and each time you play could be different. But the building that's associated with it is the same. And so on each one of these cards, it tells you the cost to build it and how it it's displayed for the cost are in these cubes and there's different colors of cubes. They're supposed to represent like glass and stone and stuff, but they're really just like blue, red and orange and yellow or whatever. And so it shows you a, a uh, shape and the color order that you need to build that building. And so the turn order and how you play is actually really easy. You just basically start with the first player and you select a cube and and you pick the color and then you can put it anywhere on an empty space on your 4x4 grid. And then all the other players not on their turn have to pick the same cube and place it somewhere on their grid. Then it goes to the next player and you just keep doing that. And then you have the option to build a building after you place your cubes. And you do that again by referring to your cube placement on your board in the card if you do that you turn in all the cubes and you grab that building you're building and then you put the building on one of the empty or one of the squares that one of the cubes for that building occupied and now you built that building and all the buildings have different scoring conditions some don't have scoring they kind of boost up or give you advantages while others have victory points straight up or they might be in relation to other buildings and whatnot and so there's a lot of synergy that could come out of them and again these cards are random for the buildings, and so there could be a different set each time, so scoring could be a little different how you do it, and your strategy would change. Anyway, so the game just continues on until you can't build anymore. Your board's filled up with cubes, and you can't build, then you pass, and then the game goes on until each player basically passes and is done. And then you get minus points for any spots that don't have buildings, and you get your victory points for all the buildings you created, and whoever has most victory points wins the game. That's the game. Pretty straightforward, I think, and it might not seem that difficult, but really where this game shines, I think, is that strategy, because if you can visualize and think about it, these buildings could make up of three, two, three, four, five cubes in a different pattern. They could be a square, kind of think Tetris shapes. And your builds, your your grid kind of starts to get filled up, especially as you start to put buildings, and you might not have space or the order of those colors, because other players can be calling up the colors, to build those buildings that you might want to build. And so it, you almost have to think three, four, five steps ahead to try to maximize and be as most efficient and build up the buildings that you want on your grid. And it, I mean, it's a fairly simple game. I think Corey taught me and we played in 30 minutes. It was pretty easy, but I really liked it. It really scratched that puzzly strategy itch. I think I would equate it to what was that game that you that used to like to play on the app? Emily? Bear Town, I'm pretty sure. Is it called Bear Town? Or, I think it's Bear Town. It's also a book, so it is. A, I might be getting it confused with that. Triple Town. Triple Town. It reminds. Well, but the, there are bears on it. Well, the the icon for the game is a bear. Yes, it reminds me of Triple Town. Where it kind of has a grid like that too when you have buildings and rocks and everything and you have to place it and combine things together and they build up and then you can combine them. Yeah, let's not talk about how many hours I spent playing that game. <laughs> Triple Town's a lot of fun though. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's that same puzzly feel where you have to think ahead and combine or it almost reminds me of that one game where you have to combine numbers, you know. 
and I forgot what it's called, like 64 or 120. It doesn't matter. There's all the knockoffs under it. But you, it's the same kind of feel, but in a board game setting. And I really like that. And there's a lot of variability with the cards and combinations because your strategy is going to change. And then you even get a cathedral each player gets that's unique to them that you can pick from at the start of the game. And those will give you bonuses as well, uh, either in victory points or even building. So some of them you allow you to put cubes on building spots maybe and so it kind of changes the rules just for you as well so you have to take that in consideration with all the other combinations and try to make the most victory points might not sound interesting to some people but it, it is actually a lot of fun very thinky game though um i would think somebody with <laughs> with ap would have a <laughs> tough time with this um or people who don't have ap analysis paralysis probably would not want to play this game with people with analysis paralysis because you're just going to be sitting there waiting for people to figure out where to put that darn cube because you really have to think, especially if it's a cube that's not going to fit in with the building At you're trying to point, build. At some point, you just have to do it, though. You just have oh, to yeah, I know. I know. Well, that's how we think, but not AP players. If you're okay. AP player, no offense, but this game might not be for you. It might be a little stressful uh, trying to think because, yeah. There's even a few times when Corey, when I were playing, I was like, oh, wait, just a second. I'm sitting there for like 10 seconds and I'm like, sorry, Corey, I'm thinking through how I'm going to do this. So even even I took like 10, 15 seconds for my turn just to think where to put one cube. <laughs> you only had eight spots, so I don't, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I really like it. I, I like the idea of this and that kind of puzzly feel. Um, it's a little pricey. It's like 30 something dollars for this game. Well, it is still newer-ish. It is newer, and it, it's a lot of money. It's not like the components are nice. I mean, all the buildings are wooden, and all the cubes are wooden, so there's not any plastic, and the cards are nice. It's just, for kind of a short, puzzly game, $30 kind of feels a little pricey. Anyway, I, I'll, I'll, that's enough. I'll go on, <laughs> I guess. Moving along. Anyway, um, all right, next game on the list, Emily, you want to talk about that we played? So we finished up our Star Wars Unlock Escapades, if you will. Escapades. I don't know. I don't escapades? Even... No. I'm just, not, never mind, keep going. <laughs> Adventures. So yeah, we finished Scenario 2 and 3. Scenario 2 is, we we kind of just flew through that one. It was I think it was easier than the first one. It was. It wasn't too bad. We got through it. And so we were like, oh, yeah, let's just go ahead and go through scenario three. And this one gave us a lot more problems. The third one was a lot harder. Yes, it was. We were lost in what what land were we in? Jeddah. Jeddah. Yes. Wandering around in the desert. Which Jeddah shows <laughs> up in... Um, Rogue One, if I recall. Yeah. So. If anybody's curious, because Saw the Saw Guerrero. Anyway. What did we have? Like five seconds left or something to complete uh, no, the mission? No, we uh, as I was entering the code, time expired, so we went oh. over like by three seconds. Boo. Okay. But well. if we had taken out a lot of those penalties we got, we would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's kind of hard to talk about this game without any spoilers just that the third one was a little more difficult yeah, there just was, be prepared <laughs> it was a little different than the other two the, i like the second one which was kind of cool yeah you were a smuggler and you got caught by an imperial star destroyer and you have to try to escape and find your droid and i liked that it theme. felt very star wars-esque it really did something that would happen in the movies i agree 
Yeah, and the first one, the battle for Hoth, kind of felt the same thing too. Mm-hmm. The third one didn't really necessarily feel like it was. No, out of the I don't movies. really understand how that one tied in. Other Besides just on, having the Star Wars theme and being on Jeddah and getting Kuiper crystals or something. Yeah, I think they were just trying to tie in to get some. I don't know, get Saw Guerrera in there. I guess I don't know. I, I don't know. But <laughs> it was okay. That one was a little more difficult. There's some. I'm, I don't know. I didn't really necessarily enjoy that one but the second one was really fun so overall for the star wars unlock you know without going much more details because i don't want to spoil anything what do you what do you think your overall impressions of star wars unlock was i really liked it if especially if you like star wars and you like escape rooms in a box it's the game for you (laughs) oh definitely if you like star wars you'll like this now if you don't like how unlock works, if you've not done unlock before with the cards and kind of finding it, you probably aren't going to like this. This isn't any different than the other unlock games. It's not going to change your mind about unlock. But if you do un- enjoy the unlock games or played them before and, and you like Star Wars, you'll really like this, I think, because it's kind of fun. You're in a Star Wars universe. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's nice that we don't rip up any cards or destroy any mm-hmm. components. So now that we're done with it, you know, I can reset the deck because they're numbered on the bottom corner. It tells you the order to put the deck back in. We could sell this copy, you know, yeah, 15 bucks. So somebody gets a deal. They don't have to buy it new. And we basically got half price off at that point. And so for 15 bucks for three hours, I mean, that's, that's right. not bad. Because we're never going to play it again. No, I just don't. There's no. Yeah, you're going to know all the hints and right. secrets. And it's not going to be that fun if you mm-hmm. play it again. Yeah. Only thing I can think is you can kind of GM it maybe. Like if you, if I brought, we brought it to work, for example, and had the guys play it and I kind of was there just to help out a little bit or like get cards out. That's the only kind of annoying thing about Unlock is you're having to go through that whole deck every yes. time a new card comes out. <laughs> and so the person that's doing the deck of cards doesn't feel maybe as involved because right. they're not able to read the cards or look at them right away. And maybe the other people are jumping to the solutions before the other person so maybe that could be something, you know, I bring it, I'm the one going through the deck and bringing out the cards and then they're solving and reading it. That's the only thing I think of. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. Nice yeah, little change fun. of pace. There was definitely a couple cool puzzles in there that mm-hmm. I didn't expect, especially at the end of that second one. That was a pretty cool one. So yeah, yeah. Tr- try it out. I mean, it's not bad for under $30. You get three hours. It's like an escape room. Good family game. You can play with your probably older kids because of the puzzles but um the content you know family safe and family friendly and it's a lot of fun yeah i would recommend it all right well that was star wars unlocked check it out last game continue with the star wars theme <laughs> um cory and i got back to star wars imperial assault and we continued our campaign it's called the legends of something or something i don't know um t- traditionally with the Im- with the imperial assault in the box comes with this big campaign, and it's supposed to be off of the Descent uh, franchise, so it's kind of a re-implementation of it. And if you haven't played Descent or know what I'm talking about, it's basically a dungeon crawler with a bunch of modular boards where you kind of have your heroes, and you're going through this dungeon to kill bad guys and complete your quest or whatever. And somebody else is running the bad guy. They're kind of like the dungeon, kind of like a dungeon master, but they're actually playing as the bad guys, and they usually have... Um, like trigger points so as the heroes open a door be like stop and then they read a passage so it's very thematic you know new things get revealed there could be traps they could new guys come out and it's very interactive and kind of cool 
be, because it, when you're on the when you're on the hero side, there's all the stuff that could happen and you don't know. And so that's what's kind of cool that hidden aspect of it. So they have that entire pure assault, so you can do that. Somebody plays the Empire, and then everybody else plays the Rebels. Well, with the app that Fantasy Flight came out with, you can actually play through fully cooperative. And so the app kind of handles all that stuff for you. Now, they didn't re-implement the campaigns that come with the game. They have these special campaigns on the side. So you can play the digital one on your iPad, phone, computer, whatever, but you can still play the campaign, but the campaign one in the book requires a human to play it. So I guess it's just more bonus content, but it's a great way, especially for two players like Corey and I, we can experience playing as the good guys together instead of against each other. And uh, we had a lot of fun. We almost got through the whole thing, except for the iPad started to die. We plugged it in, but it was draining the battery faster than they could <laughs> charge. It's an older iPad, so uh, we we decided to call it quit as as we were trying to pick pick our loadout and mission rewards for the last mission. We had like 3% left. We're like, we should probably save and quit this. Um, but uh, it's kind of a short one. I think there's five missions with some choose-your-own-adventure stuff in between, which gives you special weapons or armor. And as we could find out, or as we could tell, during the missions, there's stuff that's randomized. So depending on how well you're doing, it can throw some different things at you, which is kind of cool. And so it kind of adapts to your play style, so it could be a little different. I We really like this. These missions are, pro they probably took us, one took us two hours, the other took us an hour and a half. So these aren't short things, you know, where we keep moving through these doors and the map keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And these events happen, these bigger bad guys come out, and we're just plowing our way through it and there's a lot of cool little mechanisms because it's an ipad and it can kind of track and change how the enemies respond and do as you play and it definitely added some challenges for sure uh but it was really cool we really liked it and if you love star wars man this is this is the way to go we it this was a is lot the of way. fun <laughs> <laughs> um it was a lot of fun i i, I really enjoyed it the only problem with uh, star wars imperial saw is it's a little expensive I mean, the core set is like seventy to hundred dollars. I think MSRP is hundred dollars, but you get a lot of miniatures, a lot, a lot of miniatures, a lot of cards, a lot of cardboard. You get a lot of components, so it's you're paying for it and a Star Wars. But you know, Star Wars Imperial Assault's going out of print, which I should. If you're listening this far and you like Star Wars Imperial Assault, if somebody has a copy of Star Wars Hearts of the Empire, it's an expansion laying around, or they, they're they not using it and they want to sell it, um, I will buy it. Please reach out to the podcast. This, this I For my birthday coming up, Emily allowed me <laughs> to, uh, for my birthday present, I, the, I wanted to finish my collection of Imperial Salt because I've been really enjoying it. And so I got the rest of the expansions I was missing, and I bought a bunch of the ally and villain packs. I think I'm only missing like a dozen now. And there's one expansion I can't get. The Hearts of the Empire. It's one of the expansions. It's been out of print for a while. Nobody has it anywhere that I can find, even used. So if uh, somebody has it <laughs> and you're not playing it or don't want it anymore, please hit me up. I will buy just, it from uh, you. Just putting that out there. Just, just throwing it out there uh, using my connection here. So please. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, really enjoying this game. Um, that's, you know, I won't talk much further about it, but uh, I, I am excited now that we have the game expansions here to play more of those campaigns because they have some other custom campaigns on the app for the other expansions. Additionally, it allows you to put in your collection all the items and expansions you have, and it will 
it allows you to play with any of those heroes from the expansions through any of those campaigns on the app, as well as other heroes. So like Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca, some of those come out in some of the other expansions. It'll throw it into the pool of heroes that might show up during your campaign. And so now you can play with them. So in ours, we got Chewbacca, for example, but now that I have the other expansion, Leia might come up or, or Luke, the Jedi master Jedi Knight might come up or something like that. So that's pretty cool. And additionally, the bad guys might come up. So there might be the Emperor Palpatines or Boba Fett or any of those that might come up from the other expansions as well. So that's kind of cool. So even replaying through maybe a campaign, if I played with you, Emily might be a little different because we have Instead of four or five heroes, we have 12 heroes to pick from. Right. And there might be a bunch of other bad guys that come along. So it could be a lot different just from that that standpoint. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I want to get those painted, get it all organized. I need probably another organizer and kind of get them all organized together with all the cards. And, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So Happy birthday to you. <laughs> yes. Um, and then eventually down the road when I get a 3D printer, I can start 3D printing. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Because there's these the terminals and these boxes, crates and stuff that can come up. I've seen people 3D print the crates and the terminals and the doors and stuff to add to the game. So it adds to, instead of using cardboard, you're using real crates. Well, plastic crates, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, I, I'll be done talking about Star Wars Imperial Saw. I just, I just really like it. It's a lot of fun. Fun mechanics and it just it feels like Star Wars and it's a lot of fun. Um, to be immersed in the yeah Star Wars taking realm. my taking my Wookie hero and upgrading him where he can charge and melee and swing axes around and I'm chucking tons of dice and cleaving and that it's just so much is, fun that is the dream right it there it is the dream it is the dream <laughs> <laughs> oh brother um, or Corey sitting around corners and taking pot shots at guys yeah it's it's funny it's good stuff. <laughs> good stuff so anyway that was imperial salt good times really really love that game all right well that was four games we talked about that went kind of quick uh is there anything else you want to talk about before we take off emily i don't think so cool well my birthday's coming up here at the end of the month just throwing that out there and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh we're, we're we're talking about possibly sometime in here next few weeks going to kansas city maybe just for a few days yeah Fill out the Calyx shelf. I think we're going to stop at Ikea. Um, get some Ikea shelves. Yes. And uh, I think we have space for three or four more in our house. And after that, we're we're full. That's it, folks. Might have to start uh, selling games off or something. I think so. <laughs> hey, four more shelves will give us plenty more board games for a while. We'll yes, be good for a little that's bit. That's a lot of space. So looking forward to doing that so I can get this space set up and then my desk set up and it's going to be pretty sweet. I'll get some pictures and I plan up kind of um, doing some soundproofing and maybe make the audio and some of the stuff better with the setup because of that. But been kind of waiting to get this whole room organized. Anyway, not that anybody cares, but a lot of fun stuff coming up and get that get that live setup set up, if you will. <laughs> set up, set up. Yep. <laughs> okay, well. Um, I guess that'll do us. Uh, next week, Chris should be back. We had some scheduling conflicts. He's a little busy with his wrestling and coaching and everything and, and his obligations there. And this has been kind of a weird week for myself with just some of the stuff going on. So that's why Emily's with us. But next week will be episode 90. Jeepers. Uh, episode 90 I of the games so. we play. Chris will be back on. We'll talk about some stuff. I did get a miniatures game in. 
we didn't talk about it this week, but I will talk about it next week because <laughs> Corey called me out. He's like, well, you do say you talk about miniatures, but you never do. So no. he called me out. We played. I think it was just his sneaky way to get the the guilt me into playing a miniatures game with him because he really wanted to play it. <laughs> so we did, and uh, I'll talk about that next week. That was actually Star Wars Legion. Um, that was my first time playing. It was pretty cool. Spoiler we'll alert: more Star Wars. But we'll talk about that <laughs> next week. And I think Chris might have played it. I know. I think he owns it probably. Uh, but we'll I'm talk sure about does. it a little bit. Maybe talk about why it's different than the other mentored game. There's some interesting stuff with it. All right. Well, until next week, till episode 89, we do appreciate listening from the games we play. I'm Brian. And I'm Emily. And keep on gaming. Join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GamesWePlayPod and at GamesWePlayPod at gmail.com. Pandemic will be done. But for the meantime, that's what we're doing. Excuse me, can you turn your phone off? I did, I thought. <laughs> it's off. What is going on? Well, Emily's fired uh, for uh, <laughs> keeping her phone on. Now, where's mine so I don't... No, I'm just oh, joking. my word. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I would just That'd be kind of funny if mine went off. That would be really them. funny. A few moments later. A lot more customization. Oh my goodness, let let the record show that Brian did not put his phone on mute either. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> podcasting 101, put your phones on silent. I never get like text messages, are you uh-huh. kidding me? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. 